0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey
1: everybody, this is Richard Deitch. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producers are Patrick Antonetti and Sean Cherry. Today's guest, it is a familiar one, John O'Rand from the Sports Business Daily and Sports Business Journal is back, read his fine work at that excellent publication, they, uh, your subscriber, they just have a new website relaunch, which I'm sure they're incredibly excited about. A lot more video, a lot more podcasting on there. So shout out to uh, shout out to your designers and IT people, John, and uh, welcome back to the Sports Media Podcast. We are going to John. Stick to. NFL media rights. I know you love this topic. You've done some great reporting on it, so I'm excited to talk to you today.
2: There's a story a day, Richard, that comes out, it seems, on, uh, on, on inching it forward. It's a, it, it, but it's ultimately the same story that we've been talking about for the past six months, I think.
1: John, I'm going to cut you a break here. We're not going to talk about any PR people, and we're not going to do politics. So congrats <laughs> awesome. to you. Great. You're, you're going to be okay.
2: Now, I don't have to rank the PR people at the end of the show?
1: <laughs> not this week. All right, good, no. good. All right, so let's do a little bit of a broad uh, overview here as of as we are taping this, um, heading into the first week of March, last week of February, where do things stand in the negotiations between the uh, between the television, uh, we'll call them television entities, but with the, within with the between the media companies interested in the NFL and the NFL itself?
2: Let's start with the uh, the easy ones. Um, CBS, uh, they, they were desperate to keep the NFL. Uh, CBS Sports is run by Sean McManus. He came aboard when the CBS didn't have the NFL. He remembered what time was uh, like when uh, CBS didn't have the NFL, and they just, they, they just merged with Viacom, and they needed to keep the NFL, and they, uh, they pretty quickly came to, a, came to a deal. So nothing's been finalized, nothing's been signed, but they're, that's pretty close to being done, I'm told uh, NBC sort of the same way. They, they, they have Sunday night football. They, um, have the number one primetime show in television. I believe it's a decade now. Um, it's, it's in whatever the most recent release that NBC has just set out. And it's that, that is a TV record. And in TV terms, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a, it's a record by many, many years. Uh, and, and NBC, wanted to keep it. It's an anchor of, uh, of their schedule. I don't think the NFL really had a lot of interest in moving it off of NBC because it's been so successful on NBC. And so they probably aren't as close as CBS, but they're, they're, they're pretty close to, uh, to, to getting everything done. And to me, the interesting part of those two deals... I'm being told is, is that uh, Peacock, this uh, NBC streaming service, and Paramount Plus, uh, CBS's streaming service, both are going to be uh, uh, carrying games. And, and in fact, yesterday pa- Paramount Plus said that Peacock, uh, not Peacock, Paramount Plus was going to carry uh, the, all the NFL games that CBS had.
1: All right. So that's two of the networks. What about uh, what else is going on? We haven't in that scenario. We haven't hit Fox. We haven't hit ESPN. I'll ask you some specific questions about these, but we haven't hit Fox. We haven't hit ESPN, and we haven't hit a uh, um, a potential digital player like Amazon,
2: right? Or or Thursday Night Football. So Fox is uh, not quite there yet. Uh, they they are um, not nearly as close as CBS or NBC. But the uh, the pushback on both sides doesn't appear to be the the type of pushback that would kill this deal. Uh, Fox. Back in uh, you know the early 1990s, you know they basically created a network based on N- on the NFL. They've always been very um, agreeable to paying whatever increase the NFL needed or wanted. Uh, back in 1994, they were almost primarily responsible for getting the rights fees to where they are today, with what was then like an ungodly sum of about 300 thousand 300 million per uh, per uh, per season, um, and uh, and so they. They're going to get a deal done almost certainly. Nobody thinks they aren't. The wild card right now is so. Monday, John, I- hold
1: up before you before you go. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but let's hold off on ESPN because I have a number of questions on them. So go to go to go to whatever's going to happen with Amazon, and then I'll focus specifically on Disney.
2: You know what I love? I said wild card, and you immediately picked ESPN, and and you were right. I was going to ESPN, but uh, the, the then you have the the streaming service, and and you have Thursday Night Football. Which none of the TV partners want. Uh, the, the TV partners don't like Thursday Night Football primarily because they can't make money off of it. Uh, advertisers uh, aren't aren't rushing to, to to them because you can see it pretty much everywhere. It's uh, it's on A- Amazon, it's on Twitch, it's on NFL Network, and you know part of the reason that they you know exclusive networks want to pay for exclusivity. So uh, the, the, even though it is the second highest-rated primetime show on broadcast television, it's not, it's not nearly as valuable to Fox as, say, as Sunday Night Football is to, to NBC. Um, so th- that's, that's sort of open right now. Uh, all signs are pointing to that going to a streaming service, uh, and all signs are pointing to Amazon Prime as being that streaming service. And what, what we don't know is who's going to produce those games, how many of those games will NFL Network get? Because NFL Network still needs to have a certain number of live games. I believe it's around five or six live games that they have on, on its schedule in order to stay on cable systems and satellite systems. And, and then there's also you know, some international games, which we're going to be put into a package. And there are a bunch of other games out there, and, and it, it, I'm not quite sure if this is going to be a traditional Thursday night game, uh, Thursday night package, or if it's going to be sort of a mishmash of different things that Amazon can use to, you know, to try to you know bring more subscribers to uh, to Prime and also to get those subscribers to, you know, shop for whatever jersey or or you know, uh, get get
1: more retail revenue from that. Before we get to Disney, John, what kind of years are we looking at with um, CBS and NBC and Fox? What what kind of term do you ideally do you think this lands on?
2: Uh, what I've been hearing is right around like eight years. Uh, it's, that's not uh, certain, though. Uh, it could be as much as 10. It could go down to six, but I'm hearing like probably b- between eight and 10 is, is w- where I'd place my bets on this. I think if, if, the, if the networks are going to pay this much money, they want it long term. And I think the NFL, you know, nobody knows how the, uh, w- what everything's going to look like. You know, if, if the NFL is solely dependent on streaming, you know, these rights fees are going to go down. So I, I think that, that there's, a, there's a sense, not just among the NFL, but to all properties, that they want to they, they tie this type of money up for as long as they can. Uh, because, you know, the, the, the next rights fee, if ESPN is in, say, 40 million homes or who knows how, how far cord cutting is going to go, the next rights fee could be, a, could be a rough one.
1: Hiring for
0: your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: Um, speaking of ESPN and because this is the real interesting story and you've been you've been doing a lot of a, a really good reporting on this last week in your newsletter one of your media newsletters that I certainly highly recommend you wrote that the gap between Disney and the NFL is around 1 billion dollars per year So the first question is uh, that's a monstrous amount of money uh, can that be bridged it, do you do you envision the two sides coming together and finding whatever the the deal point would be for Disney slash ESPN and the NFL.
2: Yes, I, I if I were betting right now, I would I would say uh, that there's probably a ninety percent chance uh, or or higher that that they end they end up uh, cutting a deal. I think what the uh, so, so you know the report that I had, uh, the report that Alex Sherman had in, in CNBC is just kind of you know it's a negotiation. But boy, when you see that $1 billion number, Richard, it's a negotiation that, that that's a massive, I mean, no other league gets a gets billion dollars a year. Uh, and that's a, that, that's a massive amount of money. And so the, the, the key that I'm looking for is who has the leverage here. And for as long as you and I have been writing about this, the NFL has had massive leverage because they're the most popular programming and everybody can point to what happened to NBC when they didn't have it back in the early 2000s, what happened to CBS when they didn't have it back in the late 1990s. But that was like two decades ago. That was a long time ago that the whole media business has changed. And there is a, there is a belief or a sense uh, among analysts and among uh, uh, some at ESPN that there there is a there is a price that's too high for them and they would be willing to walk away if if the price is uh remains too high
1: so let's let's examine that because that's really fascinating what would espn look like john without an nfl rights contract
2: i think they would look, i think they would uh, i have to be honest here i'm always honest with you richard that's one of my verbal tics, by the way that i, I i'm trying to get out of my vocabulary um I've, if I were advising ESPN, I would really consider that, you know, you say no to the NFL. You have two, $2.5 billion burning a hole in your pocket. You're going to have to give cable operators and satellite distributors a certain rebate. So all of a sudden that's going to come down a little bit more. But then you just go and you blow Fox out of the water for the Big Ten the next time those rights come up. You blow uh, fox out of the water for the Pac-12 and the next time those rights come up. You uh, get the NHL coming over, and you still have probably close to a billion dollars left over, almost. And then you own Saturday. Uh, Sunday, you didn't own anyway. I mean, you had some highlight rights, I guess, for, for the NFL, but everybody's watching everything else. And you basically get rid of the fourth-best package. You, you can either pay up and take, get the fourth-best package in the NFL, or you can own college football, which is the second most popular sport in, in America by far. I I, I think it's a uh, in terms of the leverage the NFL has, Like I don't think it is as huge as it once was. Certainly certainly not with a, 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 as far as ESPN is concerned.
1: That is interesting, John. Let, let me ask you this, and I, I don't know the answer to this. I probably should. Is there a deal that ESPN and the NFL could make which uh, clearly this would be good for the for ESPN I don't know if this is good for the NFL where they just make a deal for uh, I'm just going to put in layperson's terms like unlimited highlights where ESPN can get as many highlights as they want but they can't broadcast the games they're willing to pay a fortune for that but it's not the it's not the -the over-the-top ridiculous fortune that comes with Monday Night Football and the the super bowl like does that deal exist or would the nfl because of the importance of their content be like hey if you're not gonna be part of our rotation here we're, we're not cutting any kind of highlight deal for you
2: i think there's a b- big potential of that because you know in, in these types of negotiations uh, you, it's not win-win when some, somebody says no to the other one so you kind of want to get something out with that and the problem with that yeah, there, there is certainly that deal to be had the problem that i see with that is that you know the, the gulf between the ESPN and the NFL in terms of the value of highlight rights is even bigger than the gulf of $1 billion. I mean, the NFL believes that that the, the value of the highlight rights really just uh, kind of makes the ESPN machine run year-round all through the day and, uh, and, and, and makes it tick. ESPN is like looking at – you can see – Instant highlights on Twitter. You can, you can follow highlights uh, per, uh, on your phone throughout the week. Uh, it, 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 it's, not, it's not policed that greatly. The value to ESPN of the highlights it all comes from that exclusivity, and that exclusivity isn't necessarily there. Plus, under Jimmy Pataro and all, and all the cost-cutting, there's been, there's been a move away from uh, – not a move away. The focus has been much more on live event programming. And much less on studio programming. They still care about studio programming, but you're going to spend all that money for afternoon shows that don't come close to a million viewers. It's uh, you know, it's it's uh, if if you're ESPN, you don't value the highlight rights as much as you think that as much as the NFL thinks that, that they should. And I think that that would be a very very big uh, bridge to gap.
1: So, John, let's again, if we're playing the scenario out, if ESPN walked away, and I think both of us don't think that will happen, but let's say they did. Do you think then that changes the salary structure at ESPN for NFL talent, meaning like all of a sudden the the massive amount of people they have for, for Sunday countdown, NFL countdown and NFL live and the many different NFL analysts they have who float through on get up and ESPN radio? You know, if you if you don't have the NFL rights, like in theory, John, you don't need as many people to do those shows. And then even if you sort of want to extend it, you could probably you you could probably make it an excuse to bring down salary costs, given you're paying NFL people, you know, a ton of money, probably if you averaged all the ESPN on air. Front-facing types like sport. If you went sport by sport, John, that would probably be the highest average in the NFL.
2: Yeah, th- uh, th- this is such a fun conversation to have. I-, I I feel it's like hugely important to reiterate,
1: probably for the fifth time.
2: I think yeah, that n- ESPN is y- going to do the deal. 90%
1: it's not ninety percent. It's going to happen. right
2: I- I All of my sources, even the most pessimistic sources, they think ESPN are gonna, are are going to do the deal. Uh, I I just it's, it's a bit, so this is a fun exercise. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into it. There is a chance that they walk, but it's, it's, a, it's a very, very unlikely chance. And if, if ESPN walks on the NFL and ESPN passes on the highlight rights, ESPN is not going to have, uh, you know, uh, I, can't Im- I can't imagine ESPN putting the same kind of emphasis on NFL Live. Why would they do that when, when, they, when they own college football? So NFL Live, I could, I, can, I could see that turning into, you know, college football live. I could see the NBA, the jump, you know, expanding to two hours. Right? I, you know, I, I think that they would, they would certainly cover the NFL because they, they do have a news operation. I, I, Scott Van Pelt's show will cover the NFL, but in terms of you know the the, the program schedule up and up and down the block, it would they're going to much more heavily emphasize a lot of the shows, a lot of the sports that that they have rights to, which are the, and the NBA, college football, college basketball. And uh, you know, uh, potentially the NHL when, when that comes up, we'll see.
1: All right, John. I, I, there is something I, I wanted to ask you also about ESPN, and it's this: if if ESPN does not have Monday Night Football, how does that impact the places that carry ESPN? Um, the the car, like is is like would they have to pay some of these carriage places some kind of maybe fine is the wrong word, John, but would they have to pay them some kind of money if ESPN does not have Monday Night Football? Because I imagine there must be deal points where Monday Night Football is part of the, you know, $10 or so that ESPN gets per subscriber.
2: Richard, this is the reason why ESPNers believe that they have more leverage than they did uh, in 2011, the last time they did an NFL deal. Um, In 2011, they had uh, clauses in their contracts with satellite and cable distributors that said if they did not have the NFL, those distributors could just drop ESPN full, full stop. Uh, and, and, and that was, that that's terrifying. Cause you know, you, you go up against Charlie Ergen at Dish Network, he would have done that. And then you have to like negotiate to try to get that in. And, uh, and they, nobody wanted to mess with that. Uh, today, those clauses have been taken out of all those contracts, and so if ESPN doesn't have uh, the NFL programming, you know, right now they get ten dollars a sub. You know, uh, the uh, distributors could uh, make that go down to say seven dollars a sub, which is still the most the most uh, it's still the highest fee for uh, for cable channels by far. But it's uh, it's, it's go- it, it would it would be a, a drop. But the fact that they can't just drop them wholesale. Uh, it may- gives ESPN a lot more uh, le- leverage to uh, drive a harder bargain.
1: John, um, if if ESPN – I keep saying ESPN. I should really say Disney. If Disney ultimately makes this deal, it's going to cost them a fortune. Does it imp- Do you think this impacts their other businesses, or are they making a calculation that post-COVID – our amusement parks will come back and people will be there. Like the, the reality is like, if you make that kind of expenditure, it does probably have to impact another part of the business, right?
2: Uh, you would think, I, I don't think that they would make an expenditure that, that, that can't pay for itself. Uh, and so I think that, that, that uh, you know, w- w- another intriguing part of this. And, and I think w- one of the reasons is that, you know, we're all kind of writing about, uh, about the, um, I, want to, I don't want to call it a stalemate, but the stalemate between the NFL and, and ESPN is that Bob Iger is no longer, no longer running a Disney. That's now being run by Bob Chapek. And if you read the uh, Wall Street Journal, had a great profile on him uh, last weekend that I encourage people to read. And it doesn't really get into sports, but it does, uh, it does show Chapek is a completely unemotional executive and he's a bottom-line guy, and he's not going to get tied into this the, the romance around Monday Night Football being uh, ABC slash Disney slash ESPN property for, you know, 40 years or, or however long. Uh, and, and so, you know, th- that's sort of adding everything here. Bob Iger, he was with Disney when they lost uh, Sunday Night Football to NBC and, and ended up getting sort of the cable package. And if you read his uh, autobiography... He considers that one of the biggest mistakes of his professional career, and so you know, with that knowledge, he he uh, I, I kept, gotta believe he would do whatever it takes to try to keep the NFL. Bob Chapek doesn't have that sort of emotional baggage there with this. I think that he's going to look at at a bottom line number and make a decision based on that.
1: John, um, when you are sort of taking a guess on the increase that the NFL will ultimately get. Uh, like average wide across the board, what do you think that is? I mean, I know they were looking, based on your reporting, um, to get like a seventy-five percent increase over what ESPN currently plays pays for that deal. But if you had to sort of uh, average out the whatever the increase will be across the board, what do you think? What do you, around? What do you think the NFL ultimately gets here?
2: Uh, it, it's hard to put a, a percentage on it because uh, ESPN is is such a wild card. And frankly, uh, Amazon's such a wild card, uh, so I, I, I'm not sure if I, I I would be throwing a dark dark blindfolded uh, giving you a number there, but I, I can tell you that uh, of the major TV packages, CBS, NBC, Fox, and and uh, and ESPN, I expect all of them to be uh, at or over two billion dollars, which would be. Uh, for, for for NBC, CBS, and Fox, you know that's and, and this has been re- reported by others. That's a hundred percent increase. That's double the money that they're paying, and that's on an average annual basis. <laughs> crazy,
1: crazy numbers. let's sort of finish up on um, on this topic here. Viacom CBS said on Wednesday that they're going to lean heavily on live NFL and soccer programming to drive subscriptions to Paramount Plus. That streaming service uh, officially begins the first week of March. And I think you were on this call. There were CBS uh, executives who said that the NFL basically drives more streaming subscriptions than any other programming. So while the NFL John will still be available on CBS over the air, the the Viacom CBS believes that by having these games on their streaming service, they think that's a that that's an additive incentive to get people to subscribe. Yeah,
2: you know, it's uh, been really hard for me to get my arms around as as uh, somebody we're about the same age, I think. It it's difficult to get over-the-air broadcast, I like to think
1: channel. I'm younger, John. But go ahead.
2: I'm putting you right right in my demo, Richard. Sorry, um, but but it's difficult to, to, to watch over-the-air uh, t- television nowadays. Like like you need you need sort of you used to be able to just turn on a TV and adjust rabbit ears, and and now like it's free over-the-air TV, and it's it's not you know if all of a sudden my cable operator drops CBS. Like I don't know. I, I would have to Google. How can I get? Uh, see, it's not. It's not like a, a super easy process. And so when I, so when I see like, uh, when I see something like Paramount Pop Plus saying, you know, we're, we're going to stream every NFL game and using that as a uh, line of demarcation of saying, like, boy, this is really going to push people to, to our service. They're going after cord cutters that find it difficult. I think to uh, to uh, get. Um, to get the over their broadcast channel and and what they said yesterday which i did find fascinating because like you said it's it's free tv just just turn to just get it they said the nfl is the single biggest programming uh genre uh to to drive subscriptions than everything else that parent viacom uh and cbs have you know in, including comedy central mtv any of the um, any of the movies in the, from Paramount, they have a, a ton of content, but it still is NFL football that you can see for free on on CBS or um, well the, for for Paramount on CBS.
1: Amazing. This is what then you know, and the, just draw the line then to why these 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 companies pay so much money for this programming. It's literally part of their it's part of their strategy. It's part of their streaming strategy. Um, it's a different topic, John. Uh, but since we're talking about it, we'll just do one very quick one on this. I'm fascinated, John, by the gold rush for soccer rights, particularly foreign uh, leagues. ESPN did a great job, I thought, early on uh, securing a lot of interesting leagues for ESPN Plus and building that service up to make it really attractive for soccer fans. We know the uh, Peacock has the Premier League, which is probably the most popular, not probably, it is the most popular foreign uh, playing league in the United States and now ooh, Paramount ooh. Don't don't now, forget
2: don't well, forget the Mexican League Richard you're going to get killed
1: That's uh you know what John that's fair and you you might be right with the with the with the numbers for uh Le- League MX it, I, I probably should sort of be careful there because that is more popular than the Premier League in the states so you're right about that I thank you for correcting me on that Um and then um you know Paramount uh plus announces that they have uh, brought in the Argentina Soccer League, the Brazilian Soccer League. They obviously have all the massive Champions League programming. So, like, John, like, I feel like in the next, like, 10, 15 years, like, this is going to be a fascinating media um, conversation about all these different places that now have these uh, – have put their foot in the ground with streaming services going after all these soccer rights, which they clearly feel – Provides massive value for their streaming property.
2: Yeah, what I found surprising about that uh, Paramount Plus uh, um, video yesterday was, uh, you know, of course the NFL is popular, but you know CBS has they have the SEC college football, they have um, you know the the Masters, they have the PGA Tour. They said their UEFA deal was the second most popular sport in terms of driving subscriptions only to the NFL, um, which, which surprised me. I think that, you know, one thing that, that uh, TV executives have figured out about soccer is that there, it it has the most passionate, not the most, it has a very passionate uh, fan base that want to see it. One of the problems with soccer is that there are so many different leagues out there so it's hard to it's hard, hard to amass really huge audiences for television because everybody's sort of interested in you know Syria or in uh, the Premier League or in and, and, uh, and, and there's uh there's not as much crossover as, as they want. So for a TV sport that tr- is trying to draw massive audiences, it just hasn't worked well for, for decades. It's always been the next big thing, and it, it just hasn't been there. But for like a streaming service, if I'm into Syria, I am going to p- pay whatever it need, uh, whatever it takes in order to get Syria, which I believe is with ESPN Plus or UEFA with Paramount Plus, you know, or to throw Peacock in there, the Premier League. Um, uh, just because I'm a passionate fan, so that's it, it works. It, it seems to be a sport that works much better for uh, for streaming than it would for over there over there or cable TV.
1: Well, I will say, John, it, it, if you are a soccer fan who uh, who likes all the leagues or who wants all that product, it's going to cost you a fortune, which sucks. Uh, given the setup, you, in some ways, for budgets, you you know if you're if you're a diehard fan, you're probably going to have to make a choice, right? Like you're either getting Peacock because you like the Premier League or Paramount Plus because you want uh, because you want Champions League.
2: People used to describe me as a corporate shill, Richard, because I, I I love the cable bundle. The cable bundle, everything was sort of in in there. It was it was easy, and they you know it was uh, we just want to pay for what we want. Well, this is what happens when you just want to pay for what you want. It's it's all over the place, and it it makes it much much more difficult and much much more costly. I think
1: the yeah, we are in the a la carte world. That's for sure. All right, last thing, John, if you're making predictions, I think it's very clear that, uh, you know, CBS for sure, nothing changes, they have Sunday, NBC for sure, nothing changes, they have Sunday Night Football, Fox, you believe, ultimately returns on Sunday. Uh, if ESPN makes it work, they have Monday Night Football, and I imagine you'll predict they're part of the Super Bowl rotation. So really, John, the, the in terms of like a night of the week, the real wild card here is Thursday, and what happens in terms of the for lack of a better word, the over-the-air component, right? Like, it, we may sort of be on Thursday nights where Amazon, in theory, has exclusivity. And if you don't have Amazon Prime, you cannot watch that NFL game unless you're in that uh, home market.
2: One thing that the NFL will not uh, go back on uh, is the uh, for the home markets, it will be on a, a local uh, broadcast station um, in, in the home market. So that that that's the case when on monday night football when the espn has it that's going to be certainly be the case on any kind of streaming service uh that has it It was the case for amazon's only exclusive game which was on in in phoenix and and uh and san francisco as well um i, I think that the, the the main wild card that i'm looking for is what happens with uh NFL Network and, and and how many games do they get and and also who produces these games? Is, it, is Amazon all of a sudden going to have to uh, get a uh, you know production facility? they've had CBS produce the one Amazon exclusive game. All the NFL Network games are produced by CBS or Fox. Uh, you know, so if, if they don't have the rights to Thursday Night Football, that's going to be a tough conversation to have, and that's going to be somewhat costly for Amazon to have to. You know, get a uh, uh, you build build up a uh, a, a production team from, from, from almost from scratch.
1: Yeah, and then the last, John, before I let you go, you know, we're doing you these all these negotiations. Uh, you know, featuring billions of dollars are happening amid COVID, and you know, we still don't know what next September October will bring in terms of uh, the ability to have full staffs at uh, stadiums Uh, can their sideline reporters be on the field Uh, how much of this will they do remote versus on site you know it's uh I mean eventually knock on wood the NFL will sort of be broadcast as we as we have all known uh known it to be but 2021 is once again going to be I think a very challenging year for the for the networks that uh, that broadcast NFL football
2: uh it, it will be, but one thing that they realized with the NFL, the NFL was down regular season. I think about seven percent uh, this season. Uh, everything else on TV was down like double digits, and and other sports were down even like even more than that. Uh, not more than double digits, but they, they they um the the NFL, despite the the uh, the downfall in subscribers that they had last season, proved that it is. Even more so, more more powerful as a programming genre than anything else on television, which is why you're seeing these numbers just go go through the
1: roof. Yeah, I mean, they're you know, again, all the people who sort of uh, and John, we both remember this, you know, five years ago, eight years ago, sort of talked about the decline in the NFL and, uh, and the NFL will not be as valuable in 2025 as, as it is in 2000. It's just until things massively change culturally about how, what people think of that, uh, that game and that product, nothing's going to change. And that's, again, you, people can have a fair discussion on the safety of the game and the health of the game and parents putting their kids into, uh, into football at 11, 10, 12, but no, but literally nothing, n- no data has ever been come about to say that the game is less popular and i would even argue that probably gambling and some other forces will make the game more popular as we head forward is there anything uh is there anything else you want to add before i let you go
2: yeah at some point those naysayers are going to be right boxing is no longer the most popular horse racing no longer is as popular at some point they're going to be right they're just not right now and they're not going to be right uh, probably eight years from now
1: I don't think they're going to honestly be right in our lifetime, me and you. I I do think that, you know, it's a foolish it's a foolish proposition to say what will be the most popular sport in the United States of America in like the year twenty one hundred. But you know, the American public, John, they do like um, they like sports that are physical. They like sports that are violent. That I don't know if it's human nature or something but that's just part of it. So I I I, I can't see. I can't see the NFL not being a significant part of American culture for the next hundred years, but you're not wrong in the sense that like, you know, once upon a time, a hundred thousand people watched uh, the Kentucky Derby, right? Or you know, maybe they still do, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. A hundred thousand people, uh, you know, could fill, uh, could, could, could fill some mega arena to watch Joe Lewis versus Max Schmelling And we live in a different world now, but that sport is, you have to admit John, that sport is starting from such a high place in a, in a media age, it, it it would take a long time for it to to be reduced, in my opinion.
2: Twenty one hundred. My my bet's on Kidditch. Is that how you pronounce it? Quidditch. Quidditch, John. Come on, you've had
1: you have. Well, I know your kids are old, much older than mine now, John. But come on, you've got to know your Harry Potter a little
2: bit. Here. I think I think Maryland is in the top ten of uh, of of, of uh, Quidditch teams.
1: Is that That's true?
3: true.
1: Right. I, I don't I, know. I made that up. up. Look at the Terps. <laughs> uh. I still like Brenda Fries, though. I'm a, I'm a Brenda Fries fan. I like I like I like I like her. Uh, I like her as a coach. Um, all right, John Orrand is the. Uh, I'm just going to call you the senior writer, John. John O'Rend is a senior writer for Sports Business Daily, Sports Business Journal. I think his formal title is actually a media writer, and you can check out his uh, work on that uh, site. Follow John on Twitter. John will probably be doing another podcast in the next three minutes. He's America's podcast guest, so you could probably hear his work uh, on that format as well. And John, as always, thank you for joining me today on the sports media podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, RD. All
1: right, back in the studio. My thanks to John Oran for coming on and talking about the uh, NFL media rights today. Very interesting. And he's done great reporting on that. He's, he's, uh, he's been, uh, he's been one of the newsbreakers there. So props to him on that. Uh, Previous uh, podcast guests include Steve Levy of ESPN, who came on and discussed his Monday night football experience and, Wanting and feeling like his team um, had earned the right to come back. Very honest and interesting conversation. I appreciate his time. Uh, we did an examination of Super Bowl viewership with uh, John O'Rand and Austin Carp. Check that out. Chelsea James at the Washington Post and Donovan Bennett of Sportsnet were the guests before that. And then we had Rhiannon Walker and Britt Giroli, my uh, colleagues at The Athletic, and Jane McManus, my longtime friend. They talked about uh, the Jared Porter story with the Mets. and sexual harassment for female sports reporters, an important uh, conversation, and I really appreciate the, uh, those three women's uh, honesty in coming on that day. Um, as always, my thanks to Patrick Antonetti and Sean Cherry for producing this podcast. If you like it, please uh, give us a five-star review and uh, some comments in the comment section. They really help, certainly, with my podcast company. Canis13, speaking of my podcast company, my thanks to Chris Corcoran, Spencer Brown and John McDermott and everybody else working behind the scenes. And thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Never take it for granted. We'll see you soon. This is Richard Deitch on the Sports Media Podcast.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.